Hello folks, Peter E. Davidson from the Funny Mucks podcast here, sending you a big hello and welcoming you to this latest episode, but also saying a big thanks for clicking on this podcast and for all you great people who have liked and subscribed. If you want to ask more people to like and subscribe, that's fine by us as well. Now this podcast is coming out a little bit later than we hoped. The end of June, start of July was very, very, very busy with gigs and events and Uh, blistering heat as you'll hear in the conversation that follows so yes we do list a number of gigs that have passed and what makes it even more ironic is at the start of the podcast I do say look we fixed it see all these gigs will be relevant they're they're not the majority of them have, have just already happened but we're brilliantly attended and fantastic fun to be part of we will fix that for the next upcoming gigs with some great events coming up soon this weekend for example uh, a number of us from comedy live northwest will be performing at the standall festival we're really looking forward to that we want this podcast to be your one-stop shop for what is happening in the world of comedy in this area also for those budding comedians out there to get an insight into what the scene is like here But also, as you can tell, just to talk a lot and have a lot of crack with each other. And hopefully we'll provide you with some great laughs along the way. Anyway, speaking of doing that, just going to wrap it up and let you enjoy the podcast as it is. So welcome, everybody, to the Funny Mugs podcast. Comedy Live Northwest proudly welcomes you to the Funny Mugs podcast. Now here are your hosts, the Funny Mugs. Hey everybody, welcome to this, the third... No, it's not. (laughs) The third decade of this podcast. It seems like it, doesn't it? Hi everybody, welcome to the latest episode, see that keeps it nice and vague, of the Funny Mucks podcast presented by Comedy Live Northwest in association with Derry City Instraband District Council. I'm your host, Peter E. Davidson, the MC of Laughs at the Love Comedy Club at Brickworks and Laugh Tracks Comedy Club in Coleraine. Uh, joining me again, seated on the left hand of the Lord, <laughs> is none other than the angelic Darren McKay. Darren, how are you? Aye, it's the same old, uh, always something going wrong. I think this week I decided I was getting fed up by being overweight and I thought I might sign up for one of these gym deals that's always see on Facebook. And then my shoulder went, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Your body like literally just yeah. go, no, no it exercise for you. It anticipates my every move and then just sabotages me. So, But I think I've took a positive decision about my weight and uh, bought bigger clothes. <laughs> Joining us also back once again, it's the Renegade Master. We have the one and only uh, Bobby Best is here with us. Yay! Yay. Why am I doing this again? For the fame. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I wasn't expecting that. Sorry. Right. The first thing I think I want to bring up uh, in regards to the past few weeks, and also then we can tie that into the magical world of comedy, is it's wild fucking hot. I I don't do heat. Who here does heat? I love heat. You love heat? I love heat. Why? I've always been like, I'll stew you my own juices. I don't care. Oh, that's an image. Ball soup. (laughs) (laughs) The hotter the better for me. I just love it. Are Uh, you sure you're from Derry? No, but sun's a different thing. But heat, oh, I love heat. No, I'm not like an agoraphobe or anything, but I mean, when I got to it's really worse, even I started thinking, you know, that's a nice day for not going outside, but opening up a door. Oh, 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 But then you get all the blue arse flies. 
the Apprentice Boys march of, um, <laughs> of flies. It's just a traditional route through the kitchen. If you could, ima- if you could imagine an insect <laughs> play the bagpipes at the same time. I can't do heat. Also, apparently, my wife says, I can't do cold, I can't do heat. If it's a wee bit chilly, I'm not the best. So middle of the road. You're like one of those things in Botanic Gardens that gets its own room. Well, I have, <laughs> in my work, we have this amazing aircon. The ladies in our office there have an update Baltic. Do you ever, particularly on really warm days like this, and then you're walking to like a freezer section and a supermarket? That's and like you're walking just like, in our oh, office. Oh, you can see your breath. I actually thought about moving, leaving the wains into Tesco's for like a couple of days. <laughs> One wee section each. That'd Aye. Be nice, yeah. Aye. The reason that I bring this up as well is that definitely see the knock-on effect when the good weather is out when it comes to actually comedy club and comedy club attendance. There's like been a lot of posts of people who are running clubs and gigs going, um, people... Yeah, there's the other side of it too. You get the people who do turn up, but they've been out all day in the sun. <laughs> yes. And that's, oh, that's just wonderful. Yeah, that's just dairy. Like, if you want to find out which one of your neighbours is it A, an arsehole, and B, has really shit taste in EDM, which for EDM? a night, elect- electronic dance music, Darren. Do you remember Robert Miles's children? I don't even know. Well, they have terrible taste in music and they keep playing it out loud (laughs) whenever there's nice weather. I can't complain because I'm sure there's like neighbours going, who keeps putting on Nick Cave at like quarter past two in the morning when he gets in from Brickwork? Bobby, do you have a go-to drunk track? Yes. Only... What's your summer bangers? Only... Only because I can sing it at full pelt and not feel embarrassed. I want to do it in karaoke sometime, but it's eight minutes long. It is a... uh, David Gray cover of stuff. Say hello, wave, wave, wave goodbye. goodbye. Yes, yeah. standing at the door of the Pink Flamingo, crying in the rain, Peter. Darren, what about you? What's your summertime tunes? I do occasionally go, Alexa, play such and such, something from Dirty Dancing or something like that, you know. I can just picture you doing that, but like with a towel wrapped around your head, you know, like on Girls yeah, Night type yeah. thing, mm. and then just going, Jesus, she's like the wind. I know. <laughs> a, pink, a pink dressing going that's like way too short, so you just see the tip of it just, just kind of <laughs> out the bottom. Just like, like a metronome keeping the time at the sun. My big fluffy slippers. <laughs> it was Father's Day yesterday again to do with the unique way that this podcast is recorded it was father's day eight days ago this will be out next week you see but in that who were the acts that kind of got you into either comedy or stand-up in particular Uh, we all know it's going to be billy Connolly. so then above that in many ways who was the father of comedy to you dave allen I came over to Northern Ireland from Scotland at a very young age. Whenever she was dating my now father, I was getting babysat. And it was with her manda, uh, basically my love of World War Two, My love of uh, killing Nazis and um, guys sitting there drinking whiskey. Uh, more or less comes Only from that. Only if you combine your I two know. loves. <laughs> Drink some whiskey and kill some Nazis. Drink some whiskey and kill Nazis. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah so um, I, I used to watch... Uh, a load of stuff that I wasn't allowed to. Dave Allen got in so much trouble in Ireland mm. for, for his material the and his anti-church yeah. stuff yeah, and things like that, stuff. you know. You kind of watch it now and go, well, it's kind of tame in some ways. <laughs> well, particularly if you compared it to, like, the Savage Well, Eye. you think about it, like, how 
savage it was back then that he done that. Even Monty Python, look at the shit they went through for the life, life of Brian. Brian yeah. So it was a different time then. But you have to remember as well that John Cleese done, did turn out to be an arsehole. So. They all will, given time. We're all dinosaurs. The world will move on and be different anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, it's not like any of my heroes have ever been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Who was have done that bit about? I bet you John Lennon would have voted for Brexit. I don't know, but I yeah, probably. So, Bobby had Dave Allen. What about you, Darren? Apart from, of course, you know, Billy Connolly. Les Dawson. Les Dawson was amazing. He was so, so talented. Eric Markham would be another. Eric Markham was my hero as well. Not Ernie Wise? Eric got all the... Laughs. All the laughs. (laughs) I mean, you do watch all those documentaries and things about, like, those old double X. You know, there's always that thing about, well... We used to do this thing in, in, in Great Yarmouth, and then after we did it for the fifth time, I, I didn't speak to him for another 30 fucking years, and I hope he dies. There's always that deep-seated hatred. Come more modern times now, uh, another person who I did think was amazing, and now I think he's awful, would it be uh, back in the Dale days, Patrick Kilty. So Patrick Kilty. Patrick Kilty was groundbreaking. Because he came out and spoke out about the paramilitaries and stuff like that. If you ever listen to the Comedians Comedian podcast, where they do an interview with Tim McGarry, the whole in the wall gang, when they first started doing sketches about the troubles, and again, it was like you don't, you don't, you don't do this, you don't you make do those this. jokes because no. they're in the room. You can't. <laughs> yeah. And there is that thing about the Delacroix where certain jokes would be made, and then they look round to make sure a certain person is going. That's all right to laugh at that. So that, that he would have been. Back in the day, I would have thought he was amazing and thought he was all of his time, you yeah. know. You have yeah. to remember, he, he, he makes more than 20 grand during a corporate, so. <laughs> Did you ever hear that story, Darren? I was basically, um... Hold on, Peter. We make it less work from this. Are you sure you want to go down this road? <laughs> <laughs> well, we mightn't get on the Late Late Show, but... <laughs> but it is a part of the thing that a lot of those comedians who came from that, particularly that first wave, where they were talking about the Troubles did kind of struggle for a while when it came to peacetime <laughs> and came back from the war and everything had changed yeah. and Keelty had gone off to be a presenter and he, you know had all that stuff in LA and things like that but he came back for Michael McIntyre was doing a warm-up for the road show so this... he'd never played Ireland before and he just wanted a field for the place so he did the nerve center uh so uh, now michael mcintyre is coming on and uh but your support act for the night is none other than it's patrick keelty which you know is a pretty big mm. deal still mm. um but he came on and it was just very apparent that he was still using all the old tropes of the troubles mm. and things like that like the first thing there'd been a shooting there had been a big sort of peace protest then about that and stuff and big i cried nobody wanted to go back to that and Kilty's first thing coming on stage was, ho ho, you've been up to your old tricks again. And everyone just went, we we were all against that, Paddy. At the same time, there was the idea that no matter what happened to you, you know, combatant, victim, all got like a fixed amount, you know, like a troubles compensation scheme. They, what was it, 20, 15, 20,000, something like that? It was just a number being bandied about. Yeah. Yeah, and Kilty was like, oh, I get more than that for doing a corporate. Which was just getting <laughs> tone deaf in, in Derry, you know. You know the nerve center, you know the stage? You know you step, come down a couple of steps. Yeah, at the back, And then yeah. there's, you go through the door. Yeah. Michael McIntyre had come out to watch, and he, he says this thing, and silence, 
and I make eye contact with Michael McIntyre and he makes eye contact with me and I just shrug my shoulders. Not us, guy. Not us. Yep. It was my lovely wife who helped arrange this gig, but she got so worked up during Patrick Kilty's set that when Patrick Kilty went off <laughs> and Michael McIntyre came on and just went, and give a big round of applause for your support, Patrick Kilty. And Ivan just went, Celebrity Love Island! <laughs> 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 So, Patrick, so Michael McIntyre must have been on stage going, what, what? Okay. For me, one of the big things getting into comedy, and they just showed the lost pilot of it the other night, but Blackadder. Mm. I absolutely loved Blackadder as a kid and would know pretty much all of the scripts off by heart. One of the big things was the Muppets. There is a sketch between Kermit the Frog and Fozzie Bear about, when I point to you, you'll run up to me and say, good grief, the comedian's a bear. And... They just keep getting the timing wrong and Kermit keeps running up and ruining the setup to the joke until they're about to like kill each other. It is one of the best sketches mm. ever written. And if anything made me, at the age of three, go, I want to write comedy. It, it was that. Yeah. I yeah. found condoms under my ma's mattress. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, How'd that I was, inspire you? I, did, did you? I found condoms did under Did you put them under... on like both your hands and go, hi no. ho, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I think I must have told my brother who like touted on me or something. I don't know if I've told the story before. One, no, one weekend, you definitely haven't. No, nah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you. One, one, one weekend, I, I remember for a fact I was out playing Mario out in the kitchen. My aunt, um, she came around for like a couple of drinks and apparently they must have told Valerie the story and she came out with a couple of drinks in her and she went, I hear you find something under your mattress. And in that second, I, I remember thinking... If I say this, I know for a fact that she's going to laugh because I'm, I don't know, like 11, 12, and I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. Oh, it, okay, yeah. The joke perfectly crystallized itself in my brain. She says, what was it you found under your man's matter? And I just put my hand out there and went, Valerie, would a man and a woman really like each other? <laughs> And she near wet herself. And it was the first it was the first time that I just went, Yeah, that's how that's gonna work. Just just telling a joke. <laughs> For me it was always more from a writing perspective and drawing like little sort of funny comic mm. strips and things like that. So it was never necessarily about a joke. It was always like a scenario. I always had that thing of passing people a bit of paper with like a, a funny thing drawn on it. So it was never the class clown. But it was the one at the end going, look at that. Oh, that's funny. Do you like me? <laughs> yes. Care. No. Hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Dairy forums. The Very message board. I think that's the, probably the thing that convinced me that I could actually just go and tell people stuff that I'd thought of. and that they funny. And they might laugh at it. Darren, were you aware of Dairy forums? No. Pure Dairy had like a, uh, a message board. And then whenever Pure Dairy, the satirical newspaper, more or less ceased to exist, the message board continued on just as Dairy Forums. Yeah, it's really weird because uh, we were talking when, when Kieran Flanagan was on last week. Darren was talking about the 2D comic workshop that, mm. where he met Kieran and met you. But the thing is that I knew Bobby online before I knew from Dairy Forums yeah. as Bag of Best. Can't even remember what my... The Mightiest Wab. Holy and shit. Kieran was soccer mummy. One of the main things I remember posting on Dairy Forums is I did a full aristocrats sketch set in the guild hall. A guy walks into the guild hall and says, I got an act for you. And then it was yeah. John Hume yeah. and sausage rolls mm. stuck in places that they shouldn't have been. And Nobody got it? No, no. At the time, it wasn't that long after the aristocrats, the film had been out. So people in the know 
You. Three people knew. Yeah. Needed. That's my well, appeal, need. baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just back in the where people would just go hear something funny or stupid or watch out the cops are about. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about niche things and, and doing stuff that only only a small handful of people enjoy. Oh, my sex life? Well, that is that is a handful. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even one of them. <laughs> But speaking of the opposite end of this, we're talking about comedy and comedy and dairy. We can't help but uh, mention the fact Mammy Banter just did two nights, two big nights in the Millennium Forum. The forum sits uh, a thousand people and also similarly did her first ever full stand-up gig in a sold-out waterfront hall, which seats 2,200 people. That's amazing. I know. Imagine going on to do your first stand-up show in front of 2,000 people it's an amazing achievement and it's going on a, a big tour at the moment but just in terms of it made me think about a couple of things first of all just to say i mean that's a big achievement for Derry and Derry on the map as well in terms of comedy it made me think about what's the biggest room i've ever played or what's the biggest audience you think you've ever played to i definitely haven't played to 2200 people um so what about yourself uh, Darren or Bob, what do you what was kind of what what do you think is the biggest room you've you've ever done? Right, I'm just going to name places and you give me capacity. So uh, the Playhouse, it's about 140. Right, Maherfeld, 200, mm, 200. 200. I probably Maherfeld. It yep. was fairly recent too, so yeah, me. So what about you, Darren? What what would you say your sort of biggest room? That you played has been be a toss up between uh, Mara Felt and the Kosh. Now I played Mara Felt the first night of it, and that was like they were standing at the back, so mm. it was like two hundred plus. But the rammed. Kosh was also rammed, so toss up between the two. Both massive nights. We're used like we're used to playing smaller clubs or smaller capacity, you know, between yeah. forty to a hundred clubs, and not just for the ego. Do you prefer playing big clubs, or what do you like about it, or dislike? Or if you could take any of that waffle and make it into an actual question, that would be great. <laughs> I would say the more people in an audience, there's more likely for bigger sustained laughter because you're lost in the crowd. It's like a hive mentality thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, and it does also mean that they will turn on you at once if they decide to. <laughs> but... uh, yeah, I've seen it in action. In terms of actually just getting up there, it's anything past the third row, I don't. Don't see? Really see, yeah. No. Yeah. Unless you're heckling, in which case, you know I, I will make it. your life so miserable you'll swear you're married. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, some of the times those big gigs are amazing and you come off with a big sort of buzz. Some of the smaller gigs as well. You know, when you know that you've got a real connection with the audience, they're amazing. Yeah. And then sometimes when you're playing to three people and they're the rest of the exit are on. It's not always the best. We shall try, we shall persevere. Since we were last on as well, I mean, Darren went to see Tom Allen in the forum, and it was brilliant, absolutely oh, brilliant. fantastic. Didn't even know he was playing. Well, that's partly what this podcast will do, it'll tell you about all the upcoming acts. But I did actually look at the stage with Stage Envy, first I'm going, oh, I want to... I want to play that stage. I think you said you had a wee bit of a feeling of that as well, watching it, Darren, or was it just me going? <laughs> Jesus, I would love to play that stage, yeah. Uh, like, I wasn't a fan of Tom Allen until you got the ticket. and then. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, literally you did save. Don't like him. Um, <laughs> and, and I went, and I was pleasantly surprised, especially his rant. But yeah, I absolutely had. I was just, I was like, I would love to see a number of acts from here on that stage. Who books that? 
<laughs> definitely something that needs to happen. So, is there any stage or anywhere you like go? I would love to have to be on that stage. I don't mind what stage as long as I'm on stage. As long as there is a stage, and half the time there is yeah, right. a stage. Half the time it's like you're stuck in a corner. It'd be nice to see some of the bigger shows. It'd be nice to see myself on there. I've seen somebody die in a big audience. I was a friend and it was horrendous. It was really, really hard to watch. And then you have to walk past them all on the way out. It's just, it's the worst feeling in the world. Playing the big audience is a big risk, especially if they're there to see somebody else. I know so many people when it comes to concerts and they're just like, ah, sure, it's just support band. We don't, don't care about that. Yeah. But, you know, when you're in support. Do you think that it is possibly the fault of whoever booked that lineup? It really is just a, a matter of, of a mix of audiences. If they were there to see that headliner, yeah. do you think putting your friend in, in that lineup was but possibly sure. doing them a disservice? You know, you just don't know. It's like throwing a, it's like throwing a fart bomb into the room with a timer on it. But do you, do you know what I'm... <laughs> Let, let's explore that, that lovely scenario that Darren has created there. But it'll be like putting Hannah Gadsby as like a support act for Bull Burr. There are times as well, particularly, you know, the main group of Belfast acts can be very laddie. And, and, and they have a certain following that are going to see that. I genuinely... So if you have somebody that's a bit more alternative or a bit odd, you can see sometimes that, just that look of... What? What's going on here? Like, I do find, you know, when we book the club, and I say if we have Paul Curry on, I will try and make the night, get the audience warmed up to the fact that Paul Curry's coming, because Paul Curry is very different to the headline mm. acts that you would get. You know what I want to know? It's 2023. Is it? Why haven't we... <laughs> like, I mean, for all the times it's been called out for, there's been like a groundswell of support for this. Why haven't we brought back Finger? <laughs> I think it never went away. It just went a bit underground. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's sometimes the equivalent of you're putting on Anthrax, the the band. Yes. So here we have... Paolo Natini! Yeah, Paolo Natini as the support. There's going to be war. So you do sometimes have to get that sort of balance. But as every comedian knows, even if they're faced with that thing, they'll go, I can play it. It's all right. I, I can turn this round. I still love the whole Larry David uh, when he used to do stand-up and he was famous for kind of going on stage and just looking at the audience and just going, no, <laughs> not used, no. And there's sometimes, and that reminds me of that gig in the Metro, there are, t- there are times when I wanted... <laughs> yeah, but I wanted think there's times like, the worst thing that happened that I should have called it was the time in Corrine when we were double booked and I, and I was at the tournament to go ahead and I thought I could bring this around it was funny but we ended up in the main bar along with all the punters who hadn't turned up for comedy and there was a guy standing in front of me two yards away from me playing a poker machine with his back to me you know and it was like it was a weird night but I persevered but I really should have cancelled it. But you still, you, you do try these things and you do go, I think this might work. And then, you know, you are halfway through and you go, and this is... This is terrible. <laughs> ah, well. Hindsight's a great thing. Exactly. Exactly. We'll always try and turn it round. Who's vibrating? Is it me? Or That's you? me. <laughs> Just because when you stopped and grabbed your heart, I was really worried. <laughs> That's a piss, oh, no. The pissmaker battery's wearing low. 
you were saying you've done your kind of shoulder in, and Bobby, you you say you have an eye infection. I am going to get you to um, put an eye drop on for me the second we stop talking. <laughs> I just wondered if we could top gout. I don't think we'll ever be able to do gout. Gout, I know. God bless you, Flanagan. Tough, like cycling across Donegal's. Yeah, yeah. All, on one leg. On one leg. <laughs> yeah, on a unicycle. So, have people been gigging over the past while since we were last on? How has the comedy world been treating you, folks? Oh, I've been gigging away there. Just, I, I'm enjoying being on Chicken Box every week, doing that thing I do, you know, writing the set during the night. It's, it's a good writing experience, but... Sometimes you can, you just, you know, you just go, I can't get nothing of this. Or the material's too weird or <laughs> or not relative to me in yeah. any way at all, you know. But uh, it's a good exercise. Have you come up with anything on the night that you've actually used later on? There are a few wee nuggets. I keep leaving the fucking paper behind me with the stuff I read on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get that drug afterwards, you know. All right. Rory with Chicken Box, Rory McSwiggin, when he's doing it, he um, it's it's all filmed for going on YouTube. So mm. there is a link. So at yeah, least you can yeah, watch, I can watch it back. You can watch it back. It's not lost forever. It's no. saved. I've saved. never wanted to, and I never will. I was chatting to Vittorio Angeloni at Brickworks, and I was saying the same thing as I go and I I film pretty much everything, but I just never want to watch them back. I don't like shaving, Peter. Uh, watching myself doing stand-up. Uh, no, no thanks. And he said, you shouldn't actually watch it. Listen to it. Because then you'll hear the audience and you'll hear that joke. And Terry McHugh as well said a similar thing when he was doing his, his tours. Like going, listening to it back and then just having your set list and just actually like tick, laugh, X, no laugh, double tick, big laugh. You know, it takes away the subjective thing of your ego but you're actually just literally like marking a test going they laughed at that that was a big laugh question mark and actually now that you mentioned it when Bobby asked me did I use anything I actually did use an older bit of material that I used to open in the show because I'd done it on the week before in Chicken mm. Box but it actually gave me an opener for the show and it got an actual massive laugh you know and I thought and I'm keeping that as my opener now. That, that, that helps. I know for myself, I would love a new opener. I remember Ed Byrne used to have, back back in the 90s, had a brilliant opener, which worked for him at the time, which was, hello, I'm Ed Byrne. You might know me better as Darlene from Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it, it, and well, I used to fancy her. <laughs> <laughs> but it, used to, it, it was a, a cracker opener. You know, you want to start on a, a thump before you get into your own mm. material. Mm. With all due respect to our Lord and Saviour, Dolly Parton, if I have to sing 9 to 5 one more time, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll start hurting myself and all her people. But I know, I know in certain places it'll get a good reaction. Plus it takes a good minute out of the 10 minutes as well, which always helps. It's weird. I, was, I was thinking about it. You have to know a set well enough that it's tight, but so tight that you can be loose with it. <laughs> That makes sense. You don't know it so well that you're sick of it. It's, it's Is that it's elusive a re- thing between tightness and looseness. looseness it's we've always been looking for. Mm. <laughs> we keep trying. We keep trying. Just lube. Should we Can't. try lube? Right. Okay. Uh, we're nearing uh, the end, so we might as well talk about some of the gigs that are coming up over the next while. And this time, I've written down the ones that will actually still be relevant <laughs> the time that this podcast comes out. So unfortunately, uh, by the time um, this podcast does come out, we will have missed uh, our wee podcast doing their live podcast at Bennigan's. That's going to be happening this Thursday, so that, that one's done. But 
There are tons coming up next week, which will be this week. The week beginning the 27th of yes. June. So if you're looking for comedy in the Northwest area, uh, Tuesday the 27th, we've got the last Oma Daily Green Room of the summer. So that's on on Tuesday the 27th. On Wednesday, the Boiler Room is in Straban with Connor Keyes, um, Fenton Harvey and Darren Matthews. Thursday the 29th, you've got Chicken Box and I'll be on that one. Hey, hey. Darren will be on that one. Hey. hey. Also similarly, you have at the same time on Thursday the 29th in the Terrace, Maher Felt. We have Andrew Ryan, uh, Ro Boyle, Aaron Butler and Danny Kelly. Mm. Then Friday the 30th, there's The Kosh is back on with Paddy Raff, uh, James McKegney, and um, there's Jasmine Sierra, is anyone? Who's, yeah, she could. Yeah, so I would love to love to see her. Then coming up just after that, and tickets and all will be on sale when you hear this podcast, so please, please book and buy. We have Brickworks is back on the 6th of July with William Thompson, Stendhal. Is on the 8th of July. We'll be in Standold in a few bits of comedy. Also then just coming up on the 25th, Tuesday the 25th, and tickets should be on sale soon, is my Edinburgh warm-up show, which is Big Dairy Energy, uh, which is going to be in Brickworks on Tuesday the 25th. So loads and loads and loads of great comedy coming up over the next while. It's a bit weird over the summer. Things kind of dip down. August, basically, Edinburgh happens, so I'm not sure what's still... Yes, yes. Remember when I said the thing about passing the note? <laughs> so, yes, uh, Bobby has passed a note with the word Malinhead written on it. I thought it says me and head. <laughs> You've got a one-track line, McKay, right? It's a, a brand new comedy night, which is being brought by Rory McSwiggan from Chicken Box Comedy, which is down in Malinhead. Uh, it's called... Away in the Head. Away, Away in the, the Head, head. See, uh, which Darren will be performing at and Bobby will be performing at. Yeah. And yes. who else is on the bill? Rory, McSwiggan, Ross, Mitchell. Sarah Jade Davidson. Yeah, uh, Leanne Toland. Toland. Emir McGinnity. And that's, that's, that's 30th. on the 30th. So yep. particularly dairy uh, people in this weather all head down to Mountainhead anyway. So yeah. so if you want to go and uh, escape dairy, but then also be surrounded with dairy ones, talking about dairy, mm. it's the perfect opportunity. It should be a really brilliant night. And uh, I know that you were down doing a sort of, I'll, I'll use the tech term, doing a recce uh, and checking the place out. So it looks like it's going to be very, very good. Check out all those comedy nights. Uh, thank you very, very much for supporting local comedy. But uh, could I just uh, say a massive big thank you to the two guests tonight? We had one and only Darren McKay. Hello. Success <laughs> him really does go in the heat, doesn't it? And the one and only Mr. Bobby Best. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I've been Peter E. Davidson. This has been the Funny Mucks podcast brought to you by Comedy Live Northwest in association with Derry City Munster Band District Council. Thank you and good night. Hey. Bye. You have been listening to the Funny Mux Podcast, featuring Peter E. Davidson, Darren McKay, Bobby Best. It was produced and edited by Peter E. Davidson for Comedy Live Northwest and was produced with thanks to Derry City and Stravan District Council. This has been a Comedy Live Northwest production, 2023. Thank you for listening and supporting local comedy.